Welcome back to the Rich Shields Podcast, everybody. We are celebrating our first year anniversary, birthday, mm-hmm. you'd almost say, of the podcast. Happy podcast birthday, Guy. Thanks, Rick. Happy birthday to you as well. When we first started this podcast, we thought, well, i tell you what, I want to ask you, how many episodes do you think we would do before we got bored? Well, obviously, we started this time last year. As I said, if we would have got to the end of 2019, we were doing well. Yeah. And we managed to get to the end of 2019, and then from there... We are up to now, is this 47 episodes or 46? I think it's 47 today. So, in theory, in all of that time, with everything going on in the world, we've only missed five podcasts. Not like that. Well, yeah, good maths. Thanks. So, to celebrate this epic, momentous occasion, we have brought back our first ever guest. And possibly our best ever guest. Our, our favourite. 100% my favourite. The listener's favourite. Everyone's favourite. The housewife's favourite. Exactly. It's a shame you can't see him because our ratings would go through the roof. Welcome, everybody, to Matt Fryer. I'm just waiting for someone else to walk through the door when you said favourite, then. <laughs> Matt, you were the first ever guest. I remember it back in a Shields Media office back in the day. It was Shields quite, Towers. Shields Towers, yeah. <laughs> dartboard, everything. It was, a, it was a great time. Well, we still got the dartboard. We don't play anymore. So we were doing well, that wasn't it? Yeah, back yeah. exactly. That's when it was. That's when we were living the high life. <laughs> we used to get private jets into yeah. the office and chauffeur driven. Exactly. Mm. But now we're just stuck in a stuck in a dark and dingy basement as we're recording a podcast here. But either way, Matt, it's great to have you on. We want to dive in a little bit into your own YouTube because that's blown up since your first ever uh, you know appearance mm. on the podcast some say it's because he's on the podcast was, yeah, yeah. Mm. i mean can, i mean i can't believe these words are nearly coming out of my mouth you're close to a hundred thousand subscribers yeah now of all the people who do youtube you're the person i never expected to get to <laughs> me neither <laughs> wow but the last year you've grafted you've worked hard and you've and you're getting there when, what's the uh, projection when do you plan to get it um Hopefully by the end of the year, it wasn't. It, I was thinking next year, maybe February next year. I was the sort of goal, but thinking before Christmas would be nice. It would nice mm. little Christmas present. I know yeah. people listen to this podcast to make a difference. If you if you watch Matt or know Matt is, or you're not subscribed, go over now and subscribe and help him get that silver plaque. Yeah, exactly. Perfect well, Christmas present. Well, weirdly, we go back quite a, a while. I don't think we ever said this in the original pod- podcast because when did you start at Mia? What year was that? 2009. Yeah. So we've known each other now for 11 years. Yeah. Matt came in. Do you even know the story? So I was an assistant at Mia. I was established, full teaching diary, the the busy, come along. The main kid. Come along, fresh-faced Matty Fryer as an assistant pro. Mm. I knew nothing about you, bar that you were a good player. I'd heard good things about how good you play. I'd heard about you, your dad being a golf coach, and I was like, "Oh, who's this guy? Who's this that guy? I think he is coming into my coming into my world." And then we clicked, and we were out on the out on the river on the river on the lake oh, picking God, yeah. up balls. There's a, at the driving range at Mia. It's a big lake, and I actually used it recently. One of the two iron video videos that I did. Me and Matt used to regularly pick the golf balls out of that lake. Yeah, someone would row, someone would pick. Yeah. Anyway, in a little boat. It was our way of just by, our way of uh, just escaping out the pro shop for a bit. Well, today's podcast is going to be a bit of a how am I going to how's the best way of wording it? A bit of an adventure. So we're going to kind of go on a normal podcast route. We're talking your listener of the weeks, your dear Ricks. Uh, bit of, well, towards the end, we're going to focus on the Masters, which obviously is this week as well. It's our second favorite major. 
It's a close second to the Open, obviously. But then we're also going to sandwich in a nice little um, Matt Fryer story because obviously, again, a lot of people listening will clearly know Matt from either his own channel or from featuring on Rick's channel as well. But I think Matt has got quite a unique story and quite a good story. So if you don't know Matt, by the end of this podcast, Matt will probably be your fifth or sixth favourite golf YouTube channel. That's fair to say, isn't it? I, I think we should aim top ten. Top Let's ten. not get to... So we've got I think your, top ten North West England YouTube So we've got channel. your Rick Shields golf. <laughs> I think there's only four in there. <laughs> got, well, my favourite order would be Rick Shields, then it would be the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast channel, which doesn't get used very much. Of course. Then maybe, yeah, let's go Peter Finch. Have you got a channel? I'll make one right now. <laughs> Peter Finch, uh, golf mates. Let's throw in a Dan Whitaker, Dan Webster. Potentially could even throw in the. Why not? Andy Carter. I know he's Dubai. But let's call him. He's a Northwest lad. Exactly. Alex Elliott. Um, we could even bring James Robinson in from the from the north, kind of Easty more area, the okay, Yorkshire. That, that, okay. Now we've crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, I'm off, guys. Soon a bit. Anyway, first things first, though, Rick. I wanted to start off today's podcast with an apology. Because I normally pride myself on being a man of my word. Okay. I still feel like a man. I'm 30 years old. I still feel like a boy. Yeah. A boy of my a word. Guy. Man of his word. Um, but last week, I had an email from a guy called James Price. And he said he was doing Movember. So if you're not aware of Movember, because I think it's only a UK thing. Yeah, I've never seen it in the US. But Movember mm. is a, a charity kind of event, for want of a better word, yeah. where in the month of November hence the Movember, uh, men grow a moustache, which I think and inspires the conversation about mental health and men kind of opening up and chatting, so which is really good. And James emailed in to say that he was, he was hopes we'd both doing well um, and that for, for Movember, he was going to run a 5K every day this month, which is a good Whoa, effort, to be fair. That's I mean, decent. We enjoy a 5K, but I'm talking two or three a week max. Yeah, so one a day, day is a graft. Um, and he sent us a link, which I might put on a swipe up on our um, Instagram page for people to donate. But the reason that I feel bad is I sent an email back to James last week and said, oh, this is really good. I'll be sure to give you a shout on the show. And he said, even, you know, even if you don't donate or people don't donate, just to get people talking about mental health and chatting and stuff. So I said I would do that. And then last week's episode, I didn't do it. I just completely forgot and it slipped my mind. And then he emailed again, so I was a bit disappointed I didn't hear my shout out. So I felt bad. Because it sounds bad. I'd rather ignore his email and say I'll do it and then not do it. And every day he went running out, yeah. running that 5K thinking, can't believe Guy didn't shout me out. That was the motivation to keep going. Then I'll show him. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, James Price, you're a wonderful thing. Yeah, good work. Um, we will share yeah. your Movember link on our Instagram. So if you want to go and donate to James and to Movember and to kind of mental health, Go on to Instagram and search for at the Rick Shields Golf Show and swipe up and donate a quid or two quid. Yeah, or I'll whatever. stick a tenner in there. You've got to donate that now. Um, have you ever grown much facial hair? I get horrendous facial hair. <laughs> I get it. I do think I can get a moustache and a little rubbish beard of a beard. I'm looking at you. Well, obviously looking at Rick. He's he's the man <laughs> with a beard. Matt's got... but uh, Matt, you could have a good one, couldn't you, I'm guessing? I need to because I'm bald, so it, you know it's like an upside down head. <laughs> I think there's some science in that. <laughs> what, if you've got no hair on your head, you grow a beard? Something like that. I'm sure that the hormones that stop you from growing hair on your head are the same hormones that help you have like a hairy chest and a beard. Ah, right. I mean, there are people that, that break that mold, the guys who have dead long hair and a beard. Yeah. But in general, people who lose their hair are normally good at growing beards. I think there is some science in that. There were some kids in my school who could grow beards when they were like 14. Yeah. And, yeah. and I still can't, so I'm a bit jealous, but then they've gone bald. Yeah, I mean, like, look so. at like a Wayne Rooney. Mm. Like, he was way older than he looked. Even when he was 16, he looked like a 25-year-old. Yeah. And I don't know how much of a... Oh, he's had a beard before, hasn't he? Either way. 
I'm yeah. I'm losing my hair. I can grow a beard. You're you're definitely losing your hair. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to grow a ridiculously good beard if that science is true. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. We've Gan- invited Ga- yeah. Gandalf-esque beard. We've, we've invited you over here. And all I've done at the moment is is destroyed him. <laughs> well, actually, I've got a, I've got a bit of a bones pit with Matt Fryer because a little while ago. <laughs> Wow, he's, yeah. all he's done today... Just sit, stand there and take abuse, will you, for half an he, hour. He's come along. <laughs> Thanks he, for coming. We've not even mentioned the best bit as well. He's brought the treats. He's come along, <laughs> taking time out of his busy schedule to come and do the podcast. He's brought us monsters. He's brought us sweets and everything. And all we've done for eight and a half minutes is ribbed him. <laughs> no, it will get much better. But all I was going to say was, a little Oops, while ago, <laughs> I called out Matt Friday, remember? <laughs> I said that I wanted to play him and all this stuff. So this morning, I got a bit cocky and carried away, and I put a thing on the Instagram again on the story of uh, who would win the match play. I copied Matt's thumbnail and just put my picture over the top, and it looked horrendous, but I did it <laughs> on purpose. And said, who would win? Be honest. So there's been a vote. There's been well over a 1,000 votes. Guy Charnock has had 524 votes. Rick Shields voted for me. <laughs> Shame well in, my friend. Shame. So I have got a measly 42% of the vote, and young Matthew Fryer, the dashing young man, has come in with 58% of the vote. That's what it says on mine. What? Mine says 64% you. How's that worked? I, I vote, that's that's on me voting on your on the actual Rick Shields Golf Show podcast that's Instagram. Weird. It's saying hmm. 64%. What does yours say, Matt? Let, uh, let's, let's not get into votings being rigged yeah. or <laughs> demanding counts. <laughs> Stop um, the count. <laughs> let's take it from there. No, let's not even go there. Cause I accept this one on the Facebook group. Yeah, the mine's fifty-eight. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. But what was quite funny is on Instagram it shows you who's voted for what. So, yeah. um Leighton Williams, who's the, one of the golf managers at Formby Hall, we did the YouTube Golf Day. He voted for you, Matt. So I messaged him, direct messaged him. <laughs> Oi, what are you playing at, Leighton? I, I thought we were mates. I, I said, not happy with you, Leighton. <laughs> Like, oh, oh yeah, it's like, changed now. It's gone oh. to fifty eight. Well, Matt's won. Matt. I think Matt. I do think you genuinely would leave, well, would beat me. It's not really a think, is it? Well, anyway, um, but it was a bit of banter. Everyone's everyone that's voted for Matt's going to get blocked by a guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, you can't listen to the podcast anymore. That's funny. Okay, one thing I wanted to clear up as well before we get. In. I feel this is a little build up. So if you're wondering why today's podcast feels a bit different, it's going to be possibly a longie today, and you'll know by looking at the length of it. We don't know because we're just starting off. It could be an hour. Could be an hour and a half. Could be 55 minutes. Could just, be 47, I don't know. Just could be four you ever, days. Have you guys ever played with each other? No. I uh, I think we may have played a few holes at Grange Park. No, I don't think we did. Because I've only played there. No. Well, I was a member there. I played with Rick. We'll right, sort of sorry. game out next yeah. year. So time-wise, who knows? It's, we don't know how it's going to be. Um, so this is like a bit of a build-up to get into the juicy stuff. And we are going to talk about golf, obviously. Um, but one thing I wanted to just cover why Matt's sorry, just Matt's playing with the mic. Just is that about. we discussed last week the new Hall of Fame we're going to have yes. for listeners who we feel are Hall of Famers. Yeah. Simple as that. So the first one's Derek. Derek, obviously. Derek Chen. Uh, he yeah. is 100% a Hall of Famer. And then we've had a few emails in of people kind of saying, oh, oh, can I be one? Or I've done this, that, the other. Now, we massively appreciate support. Obviously, everyone that listens, everyone that emails, we appreciate it. But that's not how you become a Hall of Famer. You have to go above and beyond to become a Hall of Famer, don't you? The bar has been set it's high been by set, Derek. It's been set almost possibly too high. Um, but we had an email, Rick, off George Baker. Now, the may- name might ring a bell, mm. might not. George Baker was the guy that we met at Marriott. Oh, got yeah. Got a picture with you. And he sent an email saying, hi, Guy and Rick. So that was a good start. 
Good start. You know, doing he well. He stalked you. And he Matt. Said, <laughs> yeah. He said, can I be considered for a place in the Hall of Fame for driving six hours from Eastbourne to Manchester to play at the same course as Rick? Um, and I came and played the day after I got engaged. Now, to be fair, George, you were a really nice lad, and I see you very active in the Facebook group and the podcast group, etc. Um, but we know it's not strictly true that he came just to play that course because he came because his, his fiance's girlfriend lives up north. Correct. And then he tied. So we still tied in the game of golf at the Marriott, to be fair to him, because you play there. Didn't you live in Preston or something? I lived in Preston. So you're on the right lines, George. You've definitely got potential uh, for a Hall of Famer, but it just needs that little bit more... X factor, I would say. Exactly. We need someone to like swim the channel. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not maybe encourage that. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't get it. But nice try. Like you say, you don't ask, you don't. You're get. on the right lines. Who knows? It's not listener. Of the, listener of the week and Hall of Fame is two separate things. So listener of the week, we've got a really good listener of the week, which I'll come on to a bit later on. Um, as I said, we've got a really good dear Rick. We've got a, a decent nightmare golf shot. But first things first. Let's talk. Your friend and mine. Matthew Fryer. Full Sunday name. <laughs> so, Matt, people listening, as we said before, will know you from your own YouTube channel. They'll know you from being a coach at Trafford Golf Centre. And they will also know you from, obviously, some of the videos on Rick's channel. But in a sentence or two, who is Matt Fryer? Oof. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, golf coach, YouTube video. Ugh, I don't, yeah, golf coach, man. Just golf enthusiast, I would say. YouTube creator. Yeah. Keep going. You've got to sell yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. Is that it, Matt? Is that all you Yeah. Got? No. So I um, lo- love the game of golf. Just want to help as many people as I can get better at the game and bring more people into it. And for for the experiences I've had in the game myself and everything that it's given to me, if everyone else can you know benefit from that and get more people into it, brilliant. And that's what... Um, I think the aim of the channel is, and um, with the coaching as well, it doesn't necessarily be that you have to be the best golfer in the world, but if you can just enjoy the game and, you know, get some good friendships out of it, good experiences, that's what, you know, I aim to do and everything. I I would know you as somebody that's really grown up in golf. Would would that be fair? Like, from when you were must have, must have been very, very small when you got into golf. Very, no, I uh, 16 when I got into golf. How did that happen with you? Like, your dad being so passionate about it and stuff? Um, I think, well, and this is like one of the or things... was that you rebelling? No, um, I, the, like, and all credit to my dad, really. One of the things that I hate to see is when you get, like, the pushy parent, where, you know, young Tom's been dragged down to the range at mm. six years old. They hate golf, they're kicking and screaming, but mummy and daddy see it as a... Um, a cash cow for them if he gets good like the tiger era um well let's just set the scene though you're saying what your dad people won't might not know who your dad is so let's just explain to the audience listen who your dad is yeah so my dad's um dad's a golf coach as well very sort of popular probably for you know the majority over until last sort of well even now still he's probably one of the busiest golf coaches in the north of england maybe in england he's he's been in today's golfer for 20 years now wow. I think that's it's 20 years so today's golfer if you're listening from the US <clears throat> big golf publication over here there's, got, there's today's golfer golf monthly a bit of golf digest we get but today's golfer yeah. he did golf digest actually as a start did he yeah so, so I remember him being on the front cover for years, you know, yeah. d- doing that. And then, when, like I say, when you started at Mia, almost the almost the Friar name came before you almost. It was almost like, yeah. and obviously everyone kind of weirdly knew your dad from that area, but it was mm. like you were coming in as the, as a new gun. I, I would describe you as almost somebody who's very passionate about golf, 
very skillful at golf. I joke and kind of wind you up that you're not, but you are very skillful. You've got an unbelievable golf swing, like tempo-wise and short game-wise, like unbelievable. And from what I've seen, you're an, a really good coach. What you do, what you, I think what you've started to do on your YouTube na- channel now reflects that a bit more. I don't, again, I'd like to, like, do you ever, did you ever feel like you were a natural on camera at first or have you had to work mm. on that? Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, like you, you become more and more comfortable. I think I've always liked joking around and kidding around and um, have sort of liked the spotlight, as it were. But um, no, it's something definitely that you have to work at. And I think that, you know, like for yourself as well and anyone who's out there, we're not acting trained, we're not camera trained or anything like that. You just evolve over your own videos you say that i got an a in drama so i was kind of primed for this for this job (laughs) it all makes sense now. one thing that i wanted to touch on as well and i know we again we joke then i wind you up but this genuinely this is a compliment but you you've been doing i did some looking at your channel which i do keep an eye on anyway you've been on youtube for six years now Mm -hmm. i'm sure you know these numbers but i'll relay them back to anyway You've had over 9 million views. Yeah. You've got, I think, 95,000 subscribers now. So mm-hmm. fast approaching that 100,000, which I think is a, sounds obvious, is a milestone. If you if, if I'm ever looking on YouTube for something, whether it be how to clean my trainers or, I don't know, that was a random thing, I looked at my shoes, but anything. <laughs> Just buy a, new ones. Yeah. <laughs> if a channel's got 100K, you're thinking, okay, this is a, yeah. a genuine proper the, channel. It works for this. Yeah, exactly. Um, your best video was at 666,000 views, which is good. And you've, uploaded over 576 videos so you've been in it for a long time yeah i think um and you know you you guys and, and rick and pete and stuff obviously seeing like how rick and pete evolved rick more so um were quite a huge inspiration and um the first three like i, I don't see like obviously i say that um it's been going for six years i only really see my channel going for three years because mm. for three years i was just I didn't. I didn't know what it was for, really, because I did it because Rick did it well, and Pete did it. Can I then, be honest? Yeah, I think because obviously I've known you for a long time as well, not not as long as Rick has, but I've probably known you about six years, I'd say, from yeah. Trafford days. Um, I do feel, I thought, should have said, at the first couple of years, you were doing it because Rick and Pete did it, and it was just yeah. a way of getting a few followers, and 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 you kind of just chugged along, and you kind of swapped what you were doing a bit, and you tried different things. I would all, I would say, like you said, that in the last two to three years. So ever since I went to Trafford. Yeah. You've yeah, really because so. you were kind of moving clubs. It felt like quite a lot, and at different yeah. locations, and some stuff was coached. You did a few reviews. You'd like your, your midweek matters, which was essentially a podcast, but in front of camera, where you kind yeah. of and you tried different things. And I felt you didn't stick it much for long. And the last couple of years, you've you've really kind of. I think your channel's neat. If that's the right word. Your yeah. thumbnails are mm. good. Your titles are good. Your delivery's really good. And actually, and this might sound like a compliment. Would be my my brother stumbled across your channel the other week or the other month and doesn't know who you are. So, do you like Matt Fryer? It's quite good that. And to be fair, my brother like not really went, some, no, yeah, not that my brother's some YouTube critic, but he, he, he calls a spade a spade. Yeah. Like if he sees a channel that's rubbish or whatever, he'll say I don't like that or whatever. Or if we do a video that's not the best, he'll say. Or if it is good, he'll say. So it's quite a good praise, really. Yeah. And he he came across you and thought you were really good on camera. Yeah. So you've definitely upped it last few years. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, it was with those guys and Rick. Rick saying, you know, like you've moved to moved to Trafford now. How are you going to distinguish yourself from all the other coaches? Um, and and that was a, a huge sort of kickstart to the channel. Really, like you say, it was probably for for those three years. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm. You know, was I going to be a player? Was I going to be a coach? Was um, you know, going to do anything in YouTube or whatever it was? And had no real idea. So I was just sort of lost and um, no real direction to where I was going. As where got got the opportunity to go to Trafford when Carter left. Um, 
was a you know a real roll of the dice really was very sort of wary of doing it and worried if it would work out and things like that but then got got busy quickly and then had a direction for the youtuber you know in the sense that that was my business card that people could see how i taught what i taught um knew where i was and that that the, the main aim was just to get people in the bay with the channel and now it's you know growing and you got something busy else. off the back of that would you say you've got more clients 100 yeah um like coming out of lockdown it was like a two-month waiting list to get a lesson with me and wow. i don't i don't take any clients from the range anymore i only take people that come directly to me um from the youtube videos or recommendations from friends i don't really take walk-ins or anything like that as where all the other coaches do that and you know that's all from the back of growing my you know growing the channel growing instagram and stuff like that just as the this is what i offer this is who i am i think trafford lends itself to doing exactly what we've done weirdly like yeah, what i've done what pete's done what you've done carter to a degree like it, it's that you you mentioned it perfectly there it is your business card like, yeah. I, I remember thinking to myself well i was one of four coach uh, one of four coaches when i first Lucky started boy. how many is there now nine so when i was one of four started my idea was well if the other three guys are coaching everyone in manchester pretty much that's what they were doing and i was starting doing it well there's many more people outside of Manchester. So starting up a YouTube channel attracted people from much, much further afield. Yeah. And it was like, well, actually now my catchment area is way bigger. The world. <laughs> because Trafford is so easy to get to. Oh, yeah. Um, like, even for the airport, I have people flying for lessons. Exactly. Had, like guy detour from Australia. It was on the way to Germany. What, or flight? So. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I'm jumping out here. I'm going for a lesson with Fryer. <laughs> Watch the video and went, <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're doing a good job. I think it's like I say, it's a lot cleaner. Mm. Like, is there any? Was was it like a business decision as well to move more into kind of YouTube, seeing that seeing the potential financial benefits? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily. No, I think it was you know just sort of like like you're the blueprint really for for what's like golfing YouTube as it were, and you see see what can be done what can be achieved i think i still always want to keep my um keep my coaching going whether it's to a degree not to the degree of where i'm working 50 hours a week coaching and coaching till 10 o'clock at night but um once you you know you see what comes with youtube now i was literally out on a walk with the missus this morning and it was like well what am i going to do when i come back from lockdown is it going to be more youtube excuse me or um will it be more coaching or how do you go from there so it does i think you get to a crossroads in the journey and you have to have to make a decision i've definitely scaled back a bit of the coaching recently to try and compensate for more youtube because i do want to grow the channel like again not blowing smoke up your um but um <laughs> but when you see what's possible and you know you, you want to make obviously like fan fan of youtube videos anyway any like looking at like a casey nine started people are you want to make a video that people go oh my god that's amazing and then um obviously still help them out with the golf swings and stuff at the same time i think what what's key for me and uh, again i don't want to speak like i'm some youtube golf expert but what i've Wizard. seen you are pretty good though guys yeah, <laughs> you do the, know the, pretty much right, everything yeah. the issue i and this isn't you've not done this but the, the issue i've seen some kind of people do when they come in when they start doing quite 
I'll try and phrase this the best way I can. When some golf coaches or creators start to see some level of success, let's say 100,000 subs, 200,000 subs or whatever, where it, it is a business and mm. it's, it's probably bringing in more revenue than the coaching is, yeah. sometimes it, then what happens is it kind of becomes a little bit about like them. Because obviously for you now, yes, it's a business and it obviously has a, a benefit financially, but your goal really or should be, or it is as I know it is, is to help people get better at golf. Yeah. Like if you then get a, an apparel sponsor or anything, that's great for you and it's also really good because it might make you a little bit more secure in, in a sense of you can you can produce more content. You might be able to have a day off coaching because you've got some revenue coming in from elsewhere. But sometimes the issue you then find is some of these creators become very much like almost like a billboard where they become sponsored by loads of brands yeah. and it almost becomes like, look at me, look what I've yeah. achieved, quite braggy, rather than just still being authentic. Yeah, I'm not... I think I'm not for, um, well, the best person in the golf space, like more coaching area, would be like Danny Maud. For, for me, because yeah. he's like a golf coach who's got, a, what's he on, like 500,000 subs now or something like that. Great guy, Danny. I was on the phone to him this morning. In terms of like just the purely, because obviously for like, for for Rick and for Pete, it's a little bit different because your content has got to a point where it is about you as a personality in in a way. But someone like a Danny Maud, he's a golf coach, just produces golf coaching videos. He doesn't feel like, look at me, like look what I've achieved. It's still helping you get better at golf. Yeah, 421,000. So he's killing it, isn't he, really? Yeah, he's he's class. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to be going down that route, you know, just like, oh, look, you know, look what I... And I'm generally not a chauvinistic person anyway. I'm quite happy with, like, a cheap pint and a packet of crisps. (laughs) That'll do me. Um, Nice. Yeah, so um, uh, anything that I can give back to the viewer in terms of helping them get better and enjoy, you know, enjoying golf more, even, like, I think, you know, one of the areas of um, golf itself that isn't explored as much is like the friendships you get from it and um, how much you can take away from the game. I've got, I think, two friends from school now um, and everyone else I know in my life is from golf. Um, So if there's like an advert for getting in golf, it's like the great times you can have on holidays and different bits. And if it's a way of exposing that, it doesn't necessarily have to be a a swing lesson. But if it's getting people to, you know, play the game and and enjoy those experiences as well, that's something that I want to try and, try and do also so one thing i do want to call we've not really got on to we've, we've touched on your dad a little bit but is the story of how you kind of got into golf and how having a pj pro and a good coach the dad helped you but before we get on to that rick i want to ask matt a question see what his answer is who's better me or you me <laughs> a proper question <laughs> what is your second favorite golf podcast oh I'd have to say it's probably the Open. Look Very good that. question. Hey, Very on, good answer, should I say. On brand. So, guys, next week's Open podcast is another cracker. Well, it's this week. Chris, it's out just oh, after this. Of course, featuring Chris Wood. I'm really excited about listening to that. I've just listened to the 2007 Open Championship from Carnoustie that Podrick Harrington won, the story behind mm. that. A really good one. But without further ado, listen to this little clip of this week's Open podcast. A quick glance at the leaderboard would represent an astonishing sight. Yeah, there it is. Incredible. Chris Wood from England and Tom Watson, two under, tied for the lead. A man bidding to become the youngest winner of the Open since 1893, tied with a man bidding to become the oldest. We've been talking all week about uh, the value of experience. Well, this boy's 21 and he was fifth last year. He's looking like he could go four better. Maybe we're overrating experience. 
I remember he did the same thing last year at Brookdale in the final round. I believe it was the 10th hole, 11th hole, where ran into a little mistake, but uh, this is a pretty impressive back-to-back -back open. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely amazing. And sitting with some of the American players, and they said from afar, Davis Love actually just said this. He just finished a round of 69. So he almost looks like at times you catch a little glimpse of Chris Wood. He looks like Tom Watson from back in 1977 at Turnberry. Shaggy-haired and all. So, Rick, I want you to give me four platforms I can listen to the open podcasts on. Ooh, okay. Apple. Tick. Spotify. Tick. I'm going to go Stitcher. Yes. And I'm going to go... Somewhere where you buy products from online and you enjoy doing it. Amazon. Mm. In fact, Amazon are killing it right now, aren't they? Just in general uh, life. I bet but either Bezos way. was like, yes, another lockdown. Get in there. Either way, yeah. So four platforms. There are just a few that you can listen to. There's 10 documentaries coming your way. I think this is now the fourth one. Yes. Um, is it fourth or fifth? Yeah, I think is it fourth? Four. Either way, every one of them has been unbelievable so far. Oh, yeah. Chris Wood will the, be the fifth one. Yeah, will be the fifth one. Go and check it out. Go and listen to it and support our second favourite podcast. And, and again, thanks for the open podcast for sponsoring the episode. So I go on to Apple Podcasts, right? I search the open podcasts. What do I click next? Play. But what's more... Imp well, not more important. What's equally important is subscribe. subscribe. And then what do I do? Play. Leave um, a review. Yeah. Sorry. So I've got <laughs> Have five... You done this before? <laughs> I've got five star <laughs> options. Do I go for a three or do I go four or do I go five? Well, really? Let's be honest. You've got one option. Which is... Five stars. Yeah. And then when I leave my review, what do I say? I don't know. I've never done this before. Rick Guy and Matt sent me. Yeah, and Matt sent me. <laughs> <laughs> the big sway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be another good one as well. It's weird at the moment because... As Matt just mentioned a second ago, it's locked down here in the, in England currently right now, which is such a weird one. Until the second of December, so all golf courses are closed. I think it's really, I don't personally, I don't think they should be closed in England. You know, if you're looking at opening different countries, mm. I just think golf's so out in the open. You don't have to get too close to anyone. You you look at down most high streets, even though shops are closed at the moment, supermarkets, it's busy. Yeah, it like, doesn't so feel like not, It doesn't feel like last time. Doesn't feel like March. I no, last say. time was proper lockdown, weird, wasn't it? Yeah, as well. It just seems a bit like hey, you could do what you want, do a bit of this. Just to add, we are all sat so social distance between each other. Of there's, a good, there's a good two meters between me and Matt, and we are working from home, so we mm -hmm. have to do this from home. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy times. And then also, what really feels like a crazy time, it's bloody Masters Week. It is Masters Week. Like, I think, how I has think that it's come about? Good, in a way, because it gives us something to look forward to, doesn't it? Now, imagine, like, lockdown two without the Masters. I've, like, I woke mm. up this morning, straight downstairs, Masters replay, bang, on. I must admit, I am looking forward to be four class. nights of just solid action. Who's yeah. going to win the Masters? I want gonna... one word from each, one person from each of us. Dustin. Oh. Yeah, it's a good shout. Oh. I'm going to go Tyrrell. Tyrell Hatton. I must admit, I had a little look at Tyrell Hatton yesterday. The only thing that put me off, I don't think his form's been amazing in the Masters, but his form yeah. at the moment, and I think someone like a Tyrell could benefit from the lack of crowds. I do. Mm. Because imagine walking down 15, 16, whatever it might be, on the Sunday, leading the Masters, knowing that you've got one arm in the green yeah, jacket. exactly. The lack of crowd, I think, could potentially help uh, a non-major winner. My, yeah, my not head, hype him up too much. My head says Tyrell. My heart says, well, Tom, Tiger. My second heart says Tommy. 
My third half. I'm, I'm going for yeah. the, I'm going for the three T's. Is it cows that have got stomachs? <laughs> <Stop going>, <laughs> I think I'm, anyway. I'm going with Tyrrell, Tommy, and Tiger. Okay. It's funny how no one said Bryson there. Well, I'm going to throw in Tony. Oh, <laughs> Ripper Magoo, Tony Fanu. That's what I'd like to see. Tony Fanu. That would be class. Tony Finau win. I think, and this is not really that bold of a shout, I think Bryson's either going to destroy or get destroyed. Yeah, I can't. I think, I think the media have made it out as if it's just like Again. done for him. Yeah, like, oh, it, firstly, they make out that he hits it 400 yards plus every time, which he doesn't. He does not hit it 400 yards. Yeah. And it's Augusta. You, you, he's got to hit every shot perfect, like leave a wedge just out there, then put in. It's just, it's, it's Augusta, isn't it? We don't know how it's going to play. However, I am un believably excited to see him play it he's now become my arguably favorite golfer to watch even above tiger i, I can't to say. yeah honestly i honestly can't wait to watch him play it's very interesting definitely what he's done i can't wait to see what he does technology wise whether he uses a 48 inch driver talking about 48 inch driver you'd have seen the video last night they're not easy to control have you ever had? A, have you ever tried well, to hit you the Yeah, I assume you said last night. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've hit a long, a long drive club. Didn't work out that well for me. Um, I, I fatted a shot. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually fatted t- like two yards behind the ball. I hit the ground. <laughs> um, if he does play forty-eight inch, all credit to him. Because I actually think it's hard. I think it's ridiculously yeah, it's... harder. Do you like boxing, Matt? Yes. Do you know who I would say Bryson DeChambeau reminds me of? Go on then, Deontay Wilder. Mm. He got throw knocked, it all out there. Got, exactly. If it if it pays if it lands, off, brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the way. Deontay Wilder, Rick, absolutely just is like I, six I, foot yeah, seven or something. He just swings and he's, yeah, he's punch is probably the hardest punch bomber. in the world. But he's not the most technically gifted boxer. That's why obviously both. Well, they drew the first time, didn't they? But Tyson no, Fury beat him the first time yeah. and beat him the second time in reality because he just outboxed him. That is what I can see Bryson being like. When he's on, it could be unreal. But yeah. if he's the off... Only, the only thing with Bryson, yes, he drives it ridiculous. He is also unbelievable at every other aspect. Yes, he's stro- is he seventh in stroke gains on putting now? He's, well, the only thing he's not good at, stats-wise, at putting at Masters, he's terrible. Is he? Because they don't have a green... Oh, they don't, I was going to say, they, they don't have no green, green reading book. books, do they? Uh, so, yeah. so stat-wise, he's actually at a massive disadvantage at the it's Masters. It brings in the feel, doesn't it, Augusta? Yes. You know, when you... when you Well, obviously, I've never been there. You have. But um, when you see it on TV, like, the, the sort of bomb and gouge isn't a play that I can see working yeah. around there. It's very much shape it around the corner and hit yeah. it into this spot of the green to have a better port and just smash drive a wedge it on, try and knock it in. Doesn't really seem. I'm the envisioning way. him leading for two rounds, having a terrible Saturday, and finishing top ten. Really, yeah. I can't see him. Yeah, I just don't. I can't. I don't know why. I or just he, think we've made it out that it's, it's or he it could shoot twenty five under, and who knows? Have you seen the course? I've seen some images. Yeah. Oh my! I've not seen looks... anything yet. It looks like April. It's, yeah, but it's it's not a it's not a real place, though, is it? It's I like know. a film set when you look well, at it. They, like they've got it. the tree farm next door. All the plants are shipped in. The water's yeah, died. The fairways are sprayed. It's so it's amazing. not like it's not like we're going to walk around to Lee and it would be like that, now, is it? Well, Poulter has been sharing some um, Instagram stories. Honestly, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. I saw a video the other day of it not in season with a drone mm. like an illegal drone went over it and it looked absolutely hideous oh yeah the, oh with the, like, the all earth picture things yeah. yeah on Instagram like what did they do they like this, dig this, the whole place up 
No, they, well, it shuts, doesn't it, normally, October yeah. to March, is it? I'd imagine I think so. O- October to March. Um, the fairways are spray-painted with dye. Yeah, and the overseed. And overseed like and stuff like that. So it's just left and then... So it's, it's going to look awful. And it, the, the ground out there goes that sort of weird, soupy sort of brown colour, doesn't it, as it's going through? Yeah, it's a really, really weird one. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a, 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 another amazing major tournament. Um, and I honestly cannot wait to watch it. In fact, you're sat on my master's chair today, Matt. I know. I don't think anybody's ever sat on that chair. I bought it with the the whole intention of putting it somewhere when I was there. And for about another week after, I carried it around with me everywhere. I was scared to Just lose scared it. scared to leave it. I had to carry it through the airport. I went to Chicago, New York, Bermuda. That chair's been in Bermuda. And uh, all the way back home. And literally never been opened until now. Is it comfy? Oh, it's, it's the dream. It doesn't look comfy. It doesn't look comfy at all, really. It looks like a kid's chair. <laughs> Speaking of kids, <laughs> we have got an amazing, amazing, amazing. That was three. I don't know why, why I do, do that sometimes. No, no. I don't know why. I hate You're just that. trying to pad it out, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know trying why. Trying to I get do. the podcast to an hour. <laughs> I've got a good listener of the week. Are you ready for this, Rick? He's gone. I'm just laughing how you've just gone amazing, 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 and go. Why don't I? Mean, I've got a good. <laughs> it's like, well, this is going to be our youngest listener of the week ever, and possibly the youngest listener of the week we'll ever, 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 ever have. So this is fra- this is ever, a, ever, ever. A, I don't know what, what's wrong with me. <laughs> so I try really try and emphasize the point. This Finchy listener of the that. week, Finchy repeats himself. Well, this listener of the not, week, at least not going all Clarkson on us yet. <laughs> he's four years old. Okay. Okay. I've got an email from his dad, obviously. So his dad's called Jamie Gallagher, and there's something in this that I love. Hold on, Jamie it's, Gallagher. Yeah. yeah. Is that not the footballer? Jamie Gallagher. Jamie Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> and what have you just said? Jamie Gallagher. All right. Yeah. I was thinking more Liam or Noel, but <laughs> yeah. So I've been told by my four-year-old to email you or send you a message for a long time now. We are both keen followers of yourselves and follow you on every social media platform: your Facebook, your Instagrams, YouTube, etc. Now he's not print screened them, but I'll let him off. Following Rick himself, his podcast show, and the Rick Shield Golf Show on YouTube. So he follows everything. Anyway, getting on with it now. Uh, getting out of the way of the formals, and um, let me tell you the story. So I've been playing golf for just over a year, and I currently play at 22. I originally started playing golf like most men do to get away from my wife and kids and do something for myself. <laughs> well, that's yeah, loving. Fair enough. Um, that was shortly outlived once my son picked up a club and got the bug like everyone else that's gripped a club before him. He's now four years old and has lessons at my local club. We often go to the range together and play the occasional nine holes when the weather um, allows for it and there's gaps in the tee times. And this is where it gets good. He won't shut up about golf, either playing or watching Rick Shields on YouTube. He watched that video with Leo, the young golfer, and all he wanted to do was message you and show how much he's better than Leo. <laughs> um, after months of asking if you've received his videos messages, I had eventually had to buy him a glove of Amazon and send it to him as a gift from you and say that um, it came from you. So basically, even though I don't think he's ever actually messaged us before, I don't think he, I don't think, it's not like we've missed his messages. I don't think he's actually ever messaged us before because I had to look through. But basically, someone's asking him all the time to message you. So he did, he, he got a glove and he's actually sent a picture of this, look how chuffed he is with this little glove. Oh, that's He's absolutely awesome. made up. And he oh, thinks brilliant. it's from me. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's it's a, like Santa Claus. There's something <laughs> above it. And it says, To Henry the Kid Golfer, seen your video of you playing and loved it. Hope you enjoy the glove, mate. Rick Shields. <laughs> this is what his dad did. Oh, my God. That's classic. Um, this is a good story. So, um, 
He's also then attached attached a couple of videos. We had to add the videos on uh, Instagram because he couldn't send on his email. Basically, he says, I hope this reaches you and could give him a mention on the podcast. Would make his life. Hope to hear it on Tuesday when we listen together on the way to school. Camera guards, Jamie and Henry. Now, I then looked on Instagram because I thought, this is a really good story. I want to find the messages. So I went on to at the Rich Shields Golf Show and I looked at our messages and there, there they were um, from Jamie. Now, my only concern was if um, young Henry listened to this, will he then know, obviously, that the glove didn't really come from Rich Shields? <laughs> oh, yeah. And his dad said, oh, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. So <laughs> all right. if all I want to show you, dreams. Rick, is this a little cool video of him. You ready? Yeah. I might try and put the audio near the mic as well. Wow. Not a bad hit, He's got a good little swing. And then the I second video that. is a... You can't really see this, obviously, on um, the podcast, but he's hitting a three-wood or a driver off the deck on like a long hole down the hill. Puts it to about 15 foot. Oh, so, Henry Gallagher, you are listener of the week. And well, what do you want to say, Rick? Well, first off, you're welcome for the glove. <laughs> <laughs> and also, to make up for not being able to see you swing, I'm going to send you something else. Let's send you some balls. No, that's very nice. We'll send him a little, try and get him a little Nike cap. I'll sign one as well for him. So um, that's awesome. Thanks so much. What did he say before he hit that first shot? This is for Rick Shields or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. He was calling that. you out, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll beat you, Rick Shields. Uh, love that. Henry, thank you so much. And Jamie, thanks for being such a top dad. Uh, keep him up. Keep him Keep him enjoying golf. Yeah. He seems like he's got a, a good zest for it at the moment, and that's something you never, ever want to lose with the kids. So that's class. So if you can get him his address, we'll send him something. Yeah, out. I'll get that. Now, this week's Dear Rick is going to be a... Not a controversial one, Matt. Rick already knows what it is. I forward it to him to get a little bit of his... Um, get his, his brain ticking over the weekend to how he's going to answer this one. So I also want you to answer it as well, Matt. But okay. I'm going to read it out. It's anonymous, which Dear Rick typically always is. And it says, Dear Rick, when does it become weird to follow female golfers on YouTube and Instagram? And, and, I, and am I allowed? I'm a man and firmly in the middle age of my life. I enjoy golf and watching golf, uh, golf content online. However, recently I found myself being self-conscious about who I watch and follow. In short, is it okay to follow and watch content from producers like uh, Bella Angel and Paige Sporanic? Please help so I can watch good golf content. And if my children look at me weird, I can tell them it's okay because Dr. Rick said so from Anonymous. Now, the Whoa. reason the, the, the re- is a weird one, and it was one of those ones at first thought this is a bit weird, but actually it's not because when you look at some of these creators online, yeah, um, it's obvious that they're trying to target a, a male demographic. Okay, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And some of the outfits they wear naturally are going to cause a, a stir, both positive and negative. So when I looked through some of the photos from a couple of those accounts that were mentioned, and I showed them to Abby, for example, my fiance, she could understand why somebody's partner or whatever may look over their shoulder at the phone and be like, who, who, who's that? Not enough, but no, not, maybe not like, it's not you cheating, is it? But like, who is she? Who's that? Now, Looking through, like, Paige's Instagram, for example, and obviously she's killed it in the world of online, like. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Golf, hasn't she? She's got 3 million followers on Instagram. Wow. I think she's got like a million and something or more on Facebook, loads on Twitter. She's got a really good podcast. She's got a big YouTube channel. So she's killing it. And I actually have heard podcasts of her before. And she actually is really switched on. Mm. But I, I can understand like probably 50% of her pictures don't contain a golf club in them. And some are. Well, she might be like a bikini holding the golf club, so it's not really golfy. I think we're missing a trick, Rick. <laughs> so I know this is dear Rick. I'm waiting for Rick's answer, but I understand I'm basically. Like, I'm waiting for Bat's answer. <laughs> yeah. I can understand why. A ma- I mean, it's different. If you're 25 years old and you're a single lad, then I can't no even think about it. But I can genuinely understand why guys in his 50s, who if he's got kids who are 18, especially daughters or something, might look at him and go, "What? What, what are you doing?" So the thing is, what, what are you following them for? Isn't it? Mm. If it's is it, if you're using your Instagram or whatever to get better at golf, are they going to help you get better at golf? And then it's like, well, no. Yeah, I, don't know, so, I wouldn't say so, no but, straight out. I, I yeah. do think there is some really good there, coaching yeah. out there. I, I do. Mm. I think Paige advice that she gives, she's played at a high level. Yeah, <clears throat> the actual advice that she gives on her Instagram or YouTube is is solid advice. Um, and she wears what she wants, and I respect yeah. that. And she's quite comfortable. She's incredibly confident with it. And again, I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I understand from Mr. Anonymous why he doesn't want to get caught by his wife or his kids looking at that account. I, I kind yeah. of get it because there are pictures on there that you might not want your partner to be looking at. I've got some advice for that in a minute as well. What for a, friend what? Of, a friend of mine taught me a little little trick. For, for I'll, call him, um, <laughs> I'll call him Nick Meals. Okay. Nick Meals. <laughs> little friend of ours. All oh, right. He plays a little game. That took me a while to win. I can't stupid. It's not me. This is a game, though. So if you're on your Instagram and you're not sure about them, so you might follow a lot of accounts. All right. And the game you, <laughs> you play. You pull it down. You just, you just play. You, you, well, so that's, that's safe. Russian roulette. Yeah. So that's Rick's scrolling down his Instagram feed now. That's a safe bet. And then you just scroll far enough down just to see the next name. Oh, uh, yeah. So you know, that's safe. I can go that. I can go with confidence to that one. Yeah. And you go to the next one. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm going to start posting I'm uh, safe. pictures of girls. Rick will go, guy, oh. Charnock, that's safe. And then it'll be like, not. See, the ones that catch you out sometimes, they're the ones that are, could be safe, but sometimes throwing a little curveball. Or what you could do is what I do if Abby's listening, which sometimes she's, I just follow people that are genuinely okay to follow. I would never dream of following someone that I wouldn't want her to see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give that advice to Nick Meals. He, <laughs> but Nick, I think Nick does it for, for work purposes. Right. Okay. So. So what? So, so in in, in a, it's a strange. I think you've got to. It, it, 
uh, there's no right or wrong answer, really, is Make there? Make a burner account that your wife doesn't know exists and follow them all Yeah. Out. That's also what Nick Meals does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick has many burner accounts. No, I'd, I'd, like I say, I think it's it, what you want to get out of it. I think there is poison online. I always like that word that you used, I Guy. That. I think mm. when, when Guy first started kind of working with me, I, I used to follow Nick or Nick. Used to <laughs> 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 Your cover's rumbled there. <laughs> Nick used to follow far too much poison and it's been cleared out now. So it's only, it's only the odd one. The golf ones. The only thing, and this is again not the, the only thing that kind of not worries me, but I think about sometimes with like the way that Instagram's gone. For I feel like I have to be careful saying this, but I don't mean anything in a bad way. Like some of the female golfers is, is that you could actually be like a really good up and coming PGA pro at a golf club. You could be assistant pro. You could be twenty years old. You could be obviously a female. You could be a scratch handicapper or whatever. You might have turned pro. But it feels like it might be hard to gain followers unless you portray yourself in a certain way. I know yeah. it sounds a bit deep and a bit like not what people might want to hear, but like it is getting a bit yeah. harsh because like what you're offering could be really actually good tips, but unless you want to dress in a certain way or act like a certain thing. But equally, on the other side of the coin, you said if Paige wants to dress like that and wants to be like that, that's absolutely fine as well. Yeah. No, so it's I, a strange one, isn't yeah, it, really? It's... It is weird. I think, I think as long as you feel confident in what you're doing, I, you're not you're not doing something against your own will I, via creating content and you're comfortable with doing that like Paige spoke about it a number of times being more confident dressing the way she does and there's nothing wrong with that as long as then you there's a level of adding value back to the viewer to the follower so whether that's adding value from the way what you talk about what you post what tips or advice you give what insightful you know bits of information it might just be the quality of your pictures that people want to follow. As long as you're adding value back, I think that's fair. But if anyone is listening who thinks about growing the social media, just be authentic to yourself. If that's you, then do that. If it's not you, then don't do that because it'll come across as fake and you don't really want to be that. To a Mr. Anonymous. Yeah. Got to figure it out yourself, buddy. Play, play the Russian <laughs> It's weird how yeah. Matt's not spoke that. He's just scrolling through Instagram with his dr- dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So we've also had in another another feature, because the, the other week, um, well, the other day, I put a thing on the Facebook groups. If you're not following that, it's uh, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast on Facebook. It's a group where we've got, I think, 42,000 members now. Um, and we said about how it was our one-year anniversary and, and what features do people enjoy. And Dear Rick was possibly the most popular answer. People really enjoy that, Rick. So as ever, your wisdom is, um, people are grateful for your wisdom. Yeah, Another no feature, they didn't get too You're much of a, of a mention. And it's one they're not done as much, but Nightmare Golf Shots or Nightmare Golf Stories. It's oh, NGS, yeah. so it's however you want to, I, I sometimes call it Nightmare Golf Shots. Sometimes I call it Stories. Depends on how you're feeling. But I've got one today, and I do say this a lot. It isn't the best ever, but there's ever, something ever, about ever. it that I do like. <laughs> Go on. So let me read it to you. So this guy's staying anonymous, which I'm quite glad for, because he's got quite a hard to pronounce name. Well, he wanted to stay anonymous. That's brilliant. Win win. <laughs> Just put hi, Rick and Guy. So I wasn't a big fan. It should be hi, Guy and Rick. But that's fine. I can deal with that. I've been a long time YouTube subscriber, and I've also recently started listening to the podcast. Loving it, by the way. You also got me onto the open podcast. Great find. So we talk about this a lot. Box tickers, don't we? He's ticked quite a few boxes there, hasn't he? Yeah. How how do people honestly get onto the podcast? Recommended by the friends. Yeah, recommended go, by a friend. Um, they go like so, recommendations on. Apple and stuff. Or if you're Derek, putting a golf ball in a hole. That, yeah. yeah. For, for, mo, what most sane people do is they'll go, John, they go, hiya mate, they go, you like good content, don't you? And he goes, yeah, I do. I, I really enjoy kind of good quality content. I'm into my golf, but I also like the kind of lifestyle, just general chat. And he goes, well, John, 
I've got the perfect podcast for you. He goes, oh, right, have you? Because I'm really looking for an hour a week, probably on a Tuesday, just to just fill an hour. What have you got to recommend? He says, well, actually, I've got two to recommend you. The first one you can't miss is the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. <laughs> it comes every Tuesday at 4 a.m. UK time, and it's fantastic. It's a mixture of light-hearted, witty banter and golf chat. <laughs> My second recommendation will be a little bit more that serious, but also on a Tuesday, guy. is the Open Podcast. Have you rehearsed that in the mirror it's at home? It's a 10-piece documentary series, original documentaries, tales of, of trials and tribulations of open champions or non-champions in some cases. I recommend that as well. That's how it works. Anyway, Very thanks, nice. John. <laughs> <laughs> did you so, ever, did, didn't you have a podcast for a while? Yeah, I did about eight episodes first lockdown. Sucked off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like. I'd like to go again, but I like. I think I listened to the one with your dad. Actually, was that the first one? Yes. Yeah. Didn't return after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. It was good. Back to the hate. <laughs> right. Back to the Nightmare Golf Shop. We gave right. you a few compliments. I know, yeah. so we've got to balance it back <laughs> yeah. out. Anyway, this Nightmare, na- I feel nightmare Shop. It's not that great, this, so... I've, um, Come on. Anyway, let's go. There's something about it I like, though, which Tell is... Tell you what we'll I am. What, have you ever had a Nightmare Shot? Oh, several. Have a think, and then we'll, we'll hear your story. You, yeah. So I don't think we had that this section last time you were on no we didn't we didn't, no. have, any, we didn't have any sections no, no. We were, well, I mean, what was that back in the day it was horrendous what, it was, what episode we shared, it was on? episode 2 and we sh- me and Matt shared what, a no, mic I think it, yeah it was we shared a mic you did yeah. share a mic yeah, it was absolutely upgraded now look at it now I sat here the three of us I'm on a bean bag you you've yeah. got to share with no arms <laughs> <laughs> and Rick's just sat over Rick's there on Rick's his throne in his pyjamas on his throne with grapes someone feeding him grapes and caviar more please Oh, that bag of this. Like, oh, fuck, he's only got three Scotty Cameron in the bag. <laughs> he's weird, he's got loads of gold plaques as well. He's not yeah. one, and he's got loads of more gold plaques. <laughs> Bars just, of I'm gold. Just, I'm just blowing your mind that I get our bins cleaned. <laughs> that, what? You, you clean your own There's bin? There's a noise outside, and it was a jet washer, and guy, what, what's that? I went, I think the bin's getting cleaned. <laughs> what? It was Did weird. They do that round here. When I went into Rick's end to go to the, to the bathroom, very kindly, I took my shoes off when I went in and wiped my feet and stuff. But Rick just bins his <laughs> shoes and buys more. Someone carries him in. <laughs> <laughs> Staying humble. Yeah. Right. So, this really not that good night in my golf shot. Anyway. People have been picking this up. <laughs> I really yeah. can't wait for this. There's part of it that I like. So, when I was living in the UK, I've since moved back to South Africa. I played regularly with a friend at Whitsand Bay down in Cornwall, a proper linksy cliff-top course. Now, this friend of mine had been playing golf for about 10 years, but for some reason had never really improved significantly. I think his lowest round was 110, but he never really liked keeping score anyway. His usual line would be, ah, oh, put me down for a friendly nine after a nightmare hole. He often took a break for a few holes to get his head right, but he loved the game. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just <laughs> wandered around yeah, just for three holes. <laughs> on the cliffs. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. I want to come out, out, yeah. Anyway, we had an early tea time one morning and followed Rick's advice by not really warming up properly. I like it. Um, the only thing is, people follow your advice not warming up, and there's always a nightmare called story follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never a good story. My mate proceeded to pull out his Nike Sasquatch driver, the square yellow one, oh, on the first God, tee. That's his first problem. And what happened next was epic. He swung well inside the ball and hit it right off the toe at almost a 90 degree angle. His oh. ball and hit the side. Uh, with had all the whole information on it, your yardage, etc., and it shot backwards towards the stars hut. I remember the club pro was standing uh, watching us off the tee, and he had to jump out the way. The ball then broke a flower pot before taking one final detour towards the car park, hitting the only car that was parked in the whole car park. 
his own car. Oh. <laughs> I will and forever remember this as its most bizarre first T-shirt ever. If you think his car was parked at least 50 yards away, directly behind us from where he was teeing off. Anyway, I hope you guys like it. Um, wow. But So that was all right. But what I love about it is he then did a little drawing for us. <laughs> so <laughs> drawing? Yeah. <laughs> Illustration. <laughs> if you have a little look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> where his car was parked. Is that the exact location? So he's done a little drawing on like Microsoft Paint. <laughs> I thought he was going to do it like over Google Earth or something. No, he's literally drawn it on Microsoft with a car, a toy car and then everything. Oh my God. So he's bought, wow. If you think about, if that's real, where he has hit the car is absolutely accurate. So I think we'll maybe put that uh, image on the um, Instagram page, in Instagram story, because you oh can see God, it. Oh my God, that's be. hilarious. But that was alright, wasn't it? Probably bigged it up a little bit too much, but we, we could do with some more good nightmare yeah, golf stories. Yeah, we, we need some more bad shots. So email us podcasts at rickshields dot com and let us know. I um I used to be a member at Southport and Ainsdale when I was like growing up, so I was a member Ooh. at Warrington and then um, someone was doing well. Yeah. Someone's yeah. daddy was a pro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and the the first comp of the year when it was, was it the Northern Order of Merit? Was that the Mitsubishi thing or whatever it Rings was called? Rings a bell. Yeah, something like that anyway. Um, there, there was a two-day comp which was Formby and SNA. Now, if you were a member of SNA and you were off scratch, you got entered into the, um, I think it was called the, the, the Bowl or something like that, um, which was the season opener. So you always had to get your handicap right down for it for the end of the season to get in. Yeah. And all, like, all your good golfers were there. Not Like, if you weren't off scratch anyway, you wouldn't get in because the ballot you was normally like... Baldwin, yeah, people right. like that. Yeah, it was like plus three, the ballot, to get in. Yeah. So I worked me, worked me nuts off to get to scratch and um, did it at the end of the season. So I got my, my invite into into the comp and then I'm thinking, oh, like, this is it. Like, next next season, going to be playing the weekend. It's 36 holes each day. Starts at um, starts at SNA, then goes on to the form on the Sunday. You know, some, I think, like, guys who are on tour have won, won it in the past. I'm thinking, like, this is going to be it. So, all winter I've grafted. Turn up for this... Um, the 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 first round at SNA and if you don't know the hole's two hundred and three yards, eight bunkers three. round the green, par three. There's literally you can land it on a dime to to get it on there. It's just a it's a horrible horrible opening hole, great hole, but just just daunting. It's not what you want for a first hole, is no, it? No, not at like six thirty in the morning on a cold March morning. Um, went onto the range, was hitting it all right. It's not my best. A little bit nervous. Um, get up onto the. Um, onto the first tee and um the car park's on the right so you know thinking oh god here we go like wind was a little bit off the right thinking perfect i was in a draw at the time i ended up um getting announced on the tee stand up there first one shanked it straight into the car park i'm thinking i've grafted for eight months here i proceeded to play the whole weekend i missed i think six or seven fairways out of the 72 holes we played and either shanked or pull-hooked every other shot. Oh, my days. It was disgusting. Nice. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't fun. I think the, the thing is with that, it's like, it's the build-up for a yeah, moment in your it, head yeah, the, that's the like expectation. such a big deal. Like, for eight months of grinding and practicing for this yeah. moment that you've... Because how old would you be? Like, young, older teenager, like 16 or 18 or something? Uh, no, it would have been... 20, 21, didn't so start, so I was 16. Oh, yeah, you're, so so like you're still quite down. young, really. Where it's like, yeah, that's your yeah, life, isn't it? It was, it was like the proper cup. first proper event I was playing when I got down to, you know, a, a decent handicap. You know what's and annoying about... And then piped about... it. 
you know what's annoying about golf? Like, if it was, let's say that was a race, yeah, and you'd work for eight months running every single day, you would run the good race, mm. pretty yeah. much. Like, there's no, you, there's no reason why you should fail. Like, yeah. You're not going to trip over the start line, you really. Would hope not. <clears throat> Where golf, that's what's so annoying and hard about it. You could try it's the your, mental side. You it? could yeah. work harder than you've ever worked ever yeah. before. That doesn't actually mean guaranteed results. My, my in dad a weird did way. that for open qualifying. When it like the first time he ever ever got it and uh, hit that many balls, he, he he wore a hole in his thumb and had to like play tape with this massive bandage around it and ended up shooting like seventy eight and that was it done after getting through to final queue qualifying. I always forget you caddied for me when it opened qualifying. Yeah, when I got my holy one. Yeah, it's good that one. Cl- clubbed you right. Yeah, it was that one shot was good. All yeah. Day. <laughs> Yeah, the rest like, of it just, wasn't just great. Give me the clubs, will you? God damn it! <laughs> it was mad. That the actual seven iron is just in that bag next to you. Was it the actual seven iron? Uh, the other bag. Oh no, it's five, five. You hit it's, five iron. No, eight, seven. <laughs> yeah, you did it seven to be. Not, fair. not that's a Scotty Cannon bag. It's yeah. all next to that. Yeah, not tonight. Not the gold-plated clubs. Move them across. So Matt, we said we're going to kind of gone on a bit here, but. How this is one thing that kind of does interest me. Your dad's a pro. Yeah. He, like we said, he was he's quite kind of famous because I remember knowing who your dad was because, like Rick said earlier, he was in today's golfer, and obviously back then there was no kind of YouTube or anything like that. So no. being on today in today's golf on the cover was the pinnacle of like realistic UK golf professional status, yeah, wasn't it? What that, I wanted to do. Yeah, that was yeah, there yeah. was nothing you couldn't really beat that, could you? Because ha- what was there to do? Other than be on Sky Sports, possibly, but that was even then. I don't yeah. think that was as much. Didn't didn't even have coaches on as much. Yeah, they didn't really have the pun- features. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously your dad was a pro and mm-hmm. I always remember him based at um, Drive Time Warrington is when yeah. I was I never had lessons off him but I remember that was like the place to go if you were good or whatever so <laughs> you are good you go Drive Time <laughs> yeah you see Adrian Fryer so you were 16 which is considering your dad was a pro it was very late against the game so did you kind of rebel against playing golf because it was your no. dad's thing no um, literally he joined me at War- we lived right near Warrington Golf Club like half a mile away down the road um, joined me when I was 10 and I, I, I was quite small when I was a kid. I only had a massive like growth spurt when, when I was 16. So I went to the club when I was 10, couldn't hit, like I could hit driver, maybe 50 yards tops. Um, didn't know anybody at the golf club, didn't have any friends there. All my other mates were playing football, mm. all different things. And my dad said, well, you know, if you don't want to play and you, you don't know anyone, don't feel that you have to go down. That's it's, good. You know, it's not, not, um, that I'm a pro, you have to go and play golf. He was just like, if you don't like it, don't do it. And mm. um, so that was that. I just sort of left left my membership there. Then I think it was like a school holidays um, when I was like just 16 and all my mates knew that my dad run the driving range and everything like that. So, oh, let's go and get some balls and hit some balls there. And I'd, I'd, I'd go like in between the like, from like 10 to 16, I would go to the driving range on a Saturday because it was either go to my nan's house with my three sisters mm. and while my mum and dad went to work or go and sit at the range and get like burger and chips and play pool and the lads who worked in the shop would look after me. So that was always the more appealing option. Um, Those are the days, that kind of stuff. Is yeah, the best days it was just life, class. So like literally my dad would just leave me in the in the shop there and I'd, I'd, they'd just look after me. I would maybe hit like 10 balls but get bored very quickly. But then that, that summer holiday, went with a few mates and just picked a club up and was. I remember there was this 75-yard green and I had a wedge and I was just like, dink, 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 just knocking it and I just like caught the bug there and then and said to my dad, like, join me at the golf club tomorrow. So like, oh, it doesn't work like that. You need to go for an interview. I was like, no, you're like the man. Get me in now. Um, 
and and that was it basically <laughs> he phoned up the secretary neville at the time and and i was a member the next day and i went off with a load of my dad's clubs and and that was Did it you buy really. a good gear because he was into it and stuff, no i had um my first set of clubs was um dunlop well yeah i had a set of his mizuno t-zoids cut down nice um and then I had some Dunlop Tadmores, oh, yeah. and all like. Then I had a few friends who had met for at school, and a couple of like my dad's mates' sons were into golf, so I got to know them, and they all had like tight list. I'm like, God, my dad's a pro, and I've got these Dunlops. What's all this about? Yeah, uh, expect I, a pro's son to have good. Yeah, ones, you? I had a three ball putter, a Big Max three ball putter. The face <laughs> fell off it. <laughs> um, but then, like you said, if you if you get down, like I think my first handicap. I got it in like, you, you did your three cards or whatever it was. It was 22. And I was like disgusted that I was off 22 and all like the lads and you were off mid-teens. So within a month, I was down to 16. Nice. Um, and he said, if you get down to, I think it was like category two or something like that. Um, I'll buy you a set of whatever it may be. So I got a set of... Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what you got here because I'm guessing you would have got like, the American Golf or whatever at drive time or whatever. The no, I, th- I think my dad at the time was sponsored by Titleist, so I think um, I got oh, a you know what Irons do uh? I think it was DCI 762s, I want to oh, say. Oh, nice. No, grey and silver yeah, ones. I remember them. Um, I had a steel-led little seven wood. Um, golf club. Yeah. Was it a normal steel-led, a plus or a three? Normal. The no. original. The original, yeah. So I used to think that. it was massive. I yeah. saw your picture recently. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, in my, dad's, in my dad's shirt and my beige chinos. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what does your dad think of, like, YouTube and stuff now? He's, he, you know, he's he's very impressed. He, he always makes me laugh. Ah, I'm going to get on there and blow everyone out the water. I'm like, Dad, you're not. You, you know, you're, you're a dinosaur. Just just wind it in. Go back to the magazines, will you? Um, but, he's, you know, he's very impressed with what I've done, what you've done. Um rates some of it obviously like my dad's um a huge huge studier of the game you know anything that comes out he, you know there isn't anything worth knowing about the golf swing that my dad doesn't know um so he thinks that some of it's you know very misleading and stuff like that but you know a lot of it he's you know very impressed by who who knows more about the golf swing you or your dad, my dad. would you that's hundred percent yeah. straight away yeah like anything and has he kept up? Because obviously he's from the, like, I don't want to say the old generation, but he, compared to us, he is. He's old as. Is, he, <laughs> is he? Is he? Does he use like um, flight scope now or track? Yeah, man he's or got anything? he's got track man. During during the first lockdown, he did a, a seminar every night. Did um, he? he did. Yeah, I think he, he like notched up like thirty five seminars or something that he did. What he gave seminars? No, he, was, um, like, he, he did se- give a couple. Um, oh, but he was still got that kind of thirst to learn. And yeah, stuff. he literally was on on things every single night about it. He's and just. It, has he found, this is a bit of a nerdy question, but has he found that, because obviously that we've learned so much about the golf swing now, thanks to Trapman and GC Qualic, etc. has he found that his coaching principles have changed because actually we know things that we might have said years ago, he might have said aren't actually true. Things like shaping the golf ball and stuff has, has kind of come a long way. Or is he just, is, 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 if, is anything that's just strengthened what he already said? Yeah, really? I think, you know, you, you evolve as a coach. The physics hasn't changed. You've still got to apply the golf club mm-hmm. in the same manner. So he's very much, you know, old school and new school mixed together. But um, just, just you know, kept learning and learning and learning and and just grown his knowledge, really, as he's gone through it. Does he like the fact that you coach now? Yeah, loves it. Um, 
which quite quite amusing as well because I've got quite a few of his students as well. So they're always like, "Oh, d- 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 just don't tell your dad that I'm here," and I'll like snap a photo and say, "Like, too late, mate," and uh, send one off to him. Like, "Oh God, you know." But yeah, he he loves it, and we'll have you know sit up talking about golf swings and different. What you know, what do you think about this and what about that? And quite cool that instead of him just telling me everything, like he did, to be fair, he didn't coach me till I was. 20, uh, 24, 25. Really? Yeah. Um, Has he ever watched one of your videos and said, that's rubbish what you said then? Are you wrong? No, because generally everything I've learned is from him. That's you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> if he said it's wrong, you yeah, can say, well, you yeah, taught me that. Yeah, you taught me that, idiot. <laughs> um, no, you know, he'll, he'll be say, you know, if there's any advice that I would say on coaching stuff, he'll always um, always help me out with that thing. But um, yeah, it's been, I think, Having a having a pro sometimes as your dad is a little bit of a a downside. Yeah, you know when you go to the golf club, it was like, oh well, your dad's a pro. You you're expected to play good. Um, which if you know that was the case, Jack Nicklaus's son would have twenty four majors. But it's not. You've got to you know golf's the only game that you get out what you put in. You know you've got to be. Um, I think that's that's a good point because like say I mean there's probably no sport really where you could get good at it just because of your dad's name or mum's name but like football for example if you were Wayne Rooney's son and you're half decent at football there's a chance he could get you in the Man United under fives yeah, squad or yeah, Everton can... or something because of his name mm. but ultimately you're not going to get become well, a Premier no, League player there's no DNA you... for golf or well, that's know, the thing, thing is like, it? Oh, it's in your blood well, well you have what to, is it? it sounds obvious but you have to practice at golf don't yeah. you yeah, yeah. That's, there's that's so much to master it. <clears throat> I mean it's almost quite a lot of pressure on like Charlie Woods Tiger's son like, yeah, I feel for him. But he's good, isn't he? Yeah, like, he's good. He is good. It is horrible, it, though. I used to, I remember used to go to the golf club and I hated it and like personal things with family and stuff at the time. But um, because of who my dad was, you go to the golf club and everyone's way of greeting me was, Hi, Matt, how's your dad? Not, Hi, yeah, Matt, how are you? And I'd be just yeah. like, I used to come up with some horrible answers. Do you, do you <laughs> like, know, just swear at them, whatever. Really? Like, I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know we've spoke about it a bit on this podcast. It's quite interesting. Um, we don't normally speak about it in daily life, mm. but does it sometimes? Do you get annoyed by it talking about your dad or not anymore? No, you, like at that point in my life, it did. Yeah, um, because of what like say what was going on. Well, it's even like mad recently. Like someone, I, I, whether I saw a comment or something, I've shared pictures of like Jude or the girls, and they got oh they're gonna have a great golf swing. You think? Oh, it feels like quite a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, are they going to have a good golf swing? Are they going to like golf? They're going to enjoy yeah. it. I mean, luckily they come in here and they come in the home simulator and absolutely love it. Yeah. They'll give it ten minutes and then they suddenly want to watch Blippy on YouTube on the bloody big on the big <laughs> cinema screen. Call it. But like, as long as for me they're showing some level of interest, that's all yeah. I really care about. And, yeah. And I'll at the moment certainly Ivy's my eldest. She's six. I'm just starting to feed a few little. Bits of info, just You're tiny bits. it wrong, just tiny bits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're on, we're on stage twenty-four of uh, full, full <laughs> of the uh, Rick Shields master plan, golf swing restructure <laughs> that we're going through at the moment. Um, but like, just little tiny tidbits. But then you think, I don't want it to lose love for it at all. No. That'd be the worst thing in the world. But I'm just, just slowly, going to start making it a little bit more, you know, technical and just get her moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think that's why, like, like I say, with my dad, why it was such a good thing that when I said well, I don't want to play golf, he was just like, right, well, don't play it. Yeah, you know, just do what you want. Yeah, and if, if you got that pushy parent, I would have rebelled against it. I wonder though, how long it'll be now that you're approaching fast approaching hundred thousand subscribers before people start saying, "Oh, you're you're Matt Fry's dad. How's Matt doing?" Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> tables yeah. have turned. They will. Who do you think's more famous now? Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> In fact, like I'm going to quickly have a look at how that poll was doing from before. I take it that Matt's still winning. Matt is on 57%. A lot of people don't know what they're talking about, don't It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I just put a thing on Facebook <laughs> asking him some questions. So obviously why Matt's here as well, it'd be good to get Matt's take on it. Um, quite a good question here from uh, Ewan. He said, who makes the most underrated irons, wedges, wedges and putters? So maybe not let's do all of them, but who makes the most underrated golf clubs in both of your opinions? And I will judge and see who gives the best answer. Irons, Wilson. Yeah, ditto. Oh, I do. I think they give. Yeah. I the think quality. they make the most underrated. I've just got a new set of CBs in which review coming out this week. They're bloody awesome, but nobody will ever think about them. Mm. Most major, shame. most major wins as well. Yeah, I see mm. that stat still, don't you? I mean, it's kind of irrelevant. Cause it was all was it, yeah, back probably, in the day, wasn't well, it? Well, the last one would have been Harrington, Harrington's, I think, two thousand and eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Gary no, Woodland. Gary Woodland, Woodland last yeah. year. Yeah. Not, was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because um, I think that meant they've won a major in every decade for the last yeah. like 60, 60, 60 decades. 66 <laughs> decades. <laughs> last six Before decades golf. or something stupid. Um, putters, most underrated putters. I don't know if there is an uh, even roll. Yeah. They, they're they're sort on. of growing a name now, aren't they? But, yeah. um, Wedges, not sure. Maybe maybe Mizuno. Mizuno. Yeah, just maybe Mizuno. New, the new yes. tested him. Yeah, yeah class. Spin machine. Soon. Literally, I think we say that in the review. Yeah, I was spinning back like thirty yard pitches. It was ridiculous. <laughs> what back to your feet? <laughs> Past my feet. Actually, megged myself on one. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, I think I think you're right with Wilson. To be fair, I think a lot of the underrated, and we just again with, with Wilson, it, is underrated. Well, it, it, it's down to marketing, isn't it? Really, it's whoever. Yeah. It, it, it's if a brand is a little bit quieter about the the product, which probably Wilson are compared to others. You don't expect it to be as good. Big Ping don't get as much recognition. No, in a way. No, I yeah. do feel like they've gone a bit quieter. Did you yeah. see that they, they've signed Bubba, Bubba for life? Life. Did you see that interview did recently? No about his mental health and anxiety. He had crippling anxiety. He really? like, rushed to hospital. Oh, my with God. Panic heart, attacks like, panic and stuff. Panic attacks wow. and stuff. Didn't, wasn't eating. He might weirdly do well It's not uh, well, Masters he, this week well, that's what no they crowds said, um, and stuff. No crowds. He's had two top ten finishes and he's now sort of found a way to deal with his anxiety that it's he's actually becoming a lot Crazy. better. And as we said before, with the November thing, if you you know if you've struggled with mental health, reach out to people and talk about it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And I told you before, I've had yeah. bad. I go through spells of really bad anxiety yeah, and stuff. Time. So you know, it's something that um, you know, if anyone ever wants to reach out to us, feel free. And we'll, you know, I know it's not something we never talk about that much, but it's, mm. it's nothing to be afraid of and exactly. stuff. So, no. um, Elliot, this is a really good question. Elliot George has said, unwritten signs that someone might be a good golfer before you can see them hit a tee shot, e.g., and I love these, glove in the back pocket, white belt, tightless tall bag, or lead tape on wedges. That's a bit more of an older one, the lead tape on oh, wedges. I used to love lead tape. I used to buy lead tape, like it's going out of fashion, whenever I could find it. Yeah. Put it on my, for no, absolutely, that's a bit loud, sorry, absolutely no, <laughs> no reason <laughs> whatsoever other than the fact it looked like what the tour pros did. Yeah. Um, and this is a time for the internet. I used to love, I think I've said this before on a podcast. I remember it's so. Old are you? I'm 30, just turned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I loved golf when I was 12. So, like, literally, what mm. was that? 2002. Probably internet about the same age as you internet was out, golf. but it wasn't like mm. now. There was obviously the odd website. But I remember going to a um, to the 
news agents every month on like the, the day when golf world my dad. yeah yeah golf world <laughs> and today's golfer the downside to today's golfer in my opinion was in more instruction than there was major and fryer almost, in it yeah, too yeah. Much i always loved the, yeah. i always loved the pages of what's in the bag yeah so it'd be like a random adam Up scott coming yeah like adam mm. scott would be like someone you've not really heard of and he'd be like this is my drive today. they've got this shaft in it i have this ball i carry these mad little things and then it'd be like uh, lead tape on the wedges so i just always want to use lead tape yeah. anyway, I, back, I never got into the tape oh, i was oh, really yeah, into was lead tape serious into it um <laughs> other things like sign x like x flex in yeah. the in the shafts oh like he must be quick um is this before they've teed off yeah you can see their equipment well, yeah. just a sign that, like, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, well, tell you what, the the wear mark on the irons yeah. when you see like that, you always know that you've got a player. In a weird way, I just you can always tell by just the way they dress. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, carry themselves around the, the putting. How green. comfortable they are mm. on the golf in the golf environment. You know, another one. Even how they physically mark. I don't mean mark up on the green. I mean mark. A, say someone's on the tee waiting to tee off, and they're just putting a, a dot on the ball and a pro V or something yeah, like a face. Even the way they do that weird. The way they take the lid off the sharpie. I, t- yeah. I tell you what's a telltale sign. Just how they walk with the bag. Yeah. yeah. Like if you had ten it's golfers line up side. and they were walking towards you. I honestly think you could categorise which one's the best player in that group and the worst player just by the way they carry it. Mm. They've got a little pencil over the shoulder. They're kind of hugging the bottom end of it, hugging the top with a with a massive towel. Yeah. They're the best golfer. Yeah. The guy who's got the bag that's far too long a strap that's bounced on its ass and With iron covers. With with irons <laughs> and wedges at the top of the bag and drivers oh, at the bottom. I hate that. That's another one, just how they are. How, how the bag clubs is organized. are organized. Yeah. I, I rearrange my lessons clubs if I they do. walk in. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's horrible. I do. Do you have any, like, when you play, Matt, mm-hmm. weird question, I know, but what's in your pockets? Because for me... Uh, left side ball marker, T's on the right. Glove has to go in the back right. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, like, glove back right for me. Right hand side, I like a ball marker. Left for me, though. and I do like quite a lot of tees. Yeah, well, obviously that wears down, and after ten, eleven, probably. Yeah, like a lot of tees. Yeah, I'd, I have no blueprint. So yeah, in my pockets. I've never ever. It's like my phone can never go in my left no, that's, pocket. That's in the back. I don't have phone back, in pocket well, in the back golf pocket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my phone can be in my back pocket. General after life. that, I'm I'm easy. I don't like a lot of things in my pocket. I never ever ever. That's another telltale sign for a crap golfer. They carry a ball in the pocket, like a spare ball. <laughs> in it is that a thing? Like, <laughs> you should never carry a no, ball like, in your pocket. That's what your bag's for. Well, the worst one. That's similar thing to that. The worst one. You know, you have some holes like a par four or a par five, where you leave. <laughs> and they your, go to a yeah. You, you leave your bag and you walk back. You walk to the tee with your driver and they bring an extra ball ready. <laughs> It's like change down to like I'm not using my Pro V when I got my top yeah. flight out. There's a bit of water here. You might as well just pick that first ball and just throw it in the bush and then start with the second. You know one. what weird superstition I have actually speaking about when you walk back. You know, again sometimes you walk up a green and the tee might be like 50 yards back, but you leave your bag there and you walk to the tee. I never look at the fairway from the point I'm at because I know that then by the time I look at it again from where I'm going to, it'll look a lot further. Yeah, it looks smaller. Yeah, do you get what I mean? Yeah, so I purposely don't do it. Yeah. And at that point, good chat. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, that, I don't really have any. Yeah, I don't, I, I, very, very rarely have superstitions. I feel like I used to definitely growing up, but I don't anymore. I reckon if I played every Saturday in a proper, like if I played every Wednesday and Saturday, I'd end up getting yeah, superstitions. It's, it's just habit, isn't it? Yeah, you think, oh, that must have worked. 
Yeah. The way I put my ball marker on the green must have helped me hold that putt or whatever. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I've got a question I want to ask you, but I want you to see it first. If you don't want to answer it, I'll understand. But I think it could be done quite... Controversial question for the show. I think it could be done quite well, because I know your kind of answer to it. All right, lads. (laughs) (laughs) It's up to you. You can't be around... Rick's reading it now. I don't know. Mike still. I don't. That, that's my turn off, not me. Just so everyone knows, Rick's not telling me if it's matter. We'll do it or not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, can I read it out then if you've not seen it? Of course you can. Right, so, uh, Rick, I've got a question for you. <laughs> okay. It's quite a controversial <laughs> really? one. Um, Matt doesn't know what it is yet. Um, it's maybe not one. Well, yeah, maybe Matt can have a say on it, but I don't want it to sound like it's a ganging up thing. So it's just a straight up question. It's from Joshua Atkinson. He's starting the beef. He started the beef. But what I also like is underneath his email, he's written his name, Joshua, and then he's put underneath his almost, home like an, address. It, almost like a signature, <laughs> an email he's put fifth year viewer. So it's like to say, I'm not a newbie around these here parts. I, I, know, I Rick, know the deal. I know Rick Shields' video when I see one. I've hit like <laughs> and subscribe many a time. Well, hopefully not subscribe many a time because that would imply yeah. he's unsubscribed. So the question is, and this may even be potentially the title of the podcast. So if it is, and you've waited an hour and 17 to get to it, call us the clickbait kings. Um, (laughs) The title of the email is Controversial Question for the Show. And I said, Rick hasn't seen this until just now. All right, lads. It's about time you answer the question we all answered. It needs to be done. We can't beat around the bush anymore. We've got to stop dilly-dallying around. The time is now. Matt's getting because Matt doesn't know what this is. Matt is dropping at the mouth. I know what this is, and it sounds more dramatic. You reading it? Long pause. <laughs> what is the beef with Mark Crossfield? It has been years, and we haven't heard answers with no insight. So before Rick answers this, you can have a little minute just to articulate himself. I just want to kind of play the devil's, um, advocate. devil's advocate and just and, and without being silly, people. I'm sure a lot of people listening know fully who Mark Crossfield is. Who is he? <laughs> but anybody that doesn't know who Mark Don't Crossfield is, um, <laughs> I'm going to get. It. I'm going to play devil's advocate and be kind of quite praising to some degree. So, so Mark Crossfield is a golf professional. I'm not actually sure if he's a PJ golf professional anymore, but he certainly was. And he is seen by many, and kind of rightly so, as one of the YouTube golf creator kind of pioneers. So, so he has been on YouTube creating golf content, coaching content, and reviews for possibly the longest out of anybody, I think. Certainly the most consistent in terms of uploads and length of time uploads. So I think if you look on his channel, he's probably been uploading for 10 years now, if not more. 10 plus years. That's how long it is. Yeah, and and he's uploaded a lot. He he has, like, probably treble what we ever have, if not more. A lot of videos. And he built up, and again, kind of rightly so, a very kind of loyal following for his... um, reviews and coaching tips etc and probably three or four years into his um youtube life you like that's when obviously a young rick shields came onto the scene and i'm sure rick will kind of agree that you kind of somewhat looked up to him as he was doing really well he had obviously probably hundred thousand subscribers at the time and you had zero or whatever let's just say it was a big difference and obviously in recent years there's been some speculation certainly since i've worked for you in the last three or four years that you two don't get on or there's some kind of secret beef there. So this is your time, Rick, to, to squash this, well, maybe not squash, squash. or to, to squash this rumour or add fuel to the fire. The floor's all yours. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick. Rick. <laughs> yeah, I think there is beef. Oh, <laughs> mic um, drop, walk I, out. Well, let's be, I think I've talked about this before anyway. Um, 
Give us 10 minutes, then we can click back the podcast. We've never, I don't <laughs> think we've ever, ever got on. I've met him a couple of times in passing. Um, there's there's a weird, like, it's the right word. Is animosity the right word? Yes. It's the right word. I don't know if it's in the right context. No. I want to kind of stay on the fence more to make it almost work better, this. Because I don't want this to be a, like... No, because obviously, no, on a serious note, I'm thinking of, obviously, of Rick as well. And the last thing I want to do is you... T- I know you're not, but you to kind of come across looking a bad guy or salt yeah. or anything, because that's not what you are or who no. you are. So, you, so you've rightly said, at the very start, without question, one of the reasons why I started YouTube was Mark Crossfield. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah. making videos. He was absolutely, you know, probably the only person on YouTube. This is such a good Twitter clip. He was the only person on YouTube making content. Then came me and my golf, probably quite soon after, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah, they were about like year, year and a half, weren't they? And then there was like. one other guy. I mentioned his name recently. The guy from Snayton. Yeah, what, Matthew... Oh, I God, what was his surname? Matthew O'Connor. Yeah. Matthew yeah. O'Connor was making... Vi- so when I first started, there was probably three channels. Crossfield, me and my golf, Matthew O'Connor. And uh, I kind of came on and thought, well, you know what? I fancy a bit of this. And like we said about Matt, I'll use it as a business card to become a busy golf coach. And there was a little bit of a kind of a a blueprint, so to speak. But I wanted to put my own mark on it. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Whether Crossfield saw it as competition, whether it was seen as some sort of copycatting, which I'm sure he has accused me of before, I did want to come and make my own content. And then... I'll be honest, I reached out to him many times, do collaborations, do videos together with no success at all. Um, And then over time, I would just say, certainly in the last few years, I've not particularly brought it up. There's been a lot of hidden digs and stuff on Twitter and even on these YouTube videos as well. And it's like, it doesn't need to be like this. He he snubbed my YouTube golf day before even knowing the date. I remember you emailed him. (laughs) Busy. So I emailed emailed Crossfield because, again, it was was YouTube golf day where everyone's getting involved. I felt like, you know, I could bring everyone together and it could be, you know, great, you know, great to, to actually bring the South up and whether that's a bit of a thing, whether it's a South or North divide, I don't know. I emailed him and said, "Listen, Mark, love you to get, love you to attend the day. It's for a charity day. I'm looking. I've not set a date yet. Love you to get involved." And he just flatlined, said, yeah. "No, don't, I don't want to get I think, involved." Again, kind of semi playing devil's advocate, and this isn't kind of justify anything, but he he may feel that he was one of the first creators to come onto the scene, and and kind of rightly so had had a really strong following. And I remember it was the summer of 2017. You overtook him in subscribers. It was about the open, wasn't it? 2017, yeah. and that's when you then became still not the number one because me and my golfer at the time. You kind of over overtook him in terms of subscribers and certainly in views you were out doing him in views kind of a long time before that it's just that subscribers takes a little while after that to catch up um so i can kind of semi-understand why from a personal because i get like this a little bit with things i could understand why you're a little bit personally a bit peed off because like god i, I want to be we all want to be number one at what we do don't we because mm. we'll be doing what you're doing or you wouldn't be very good at what you're doing so well it's, it's, it's like if we were out and played golf so i'm not that bothered if i went out and played with matt and wanted to beat you and you beat me i would be a bit annoyed it's different obviously but it's just how we are aren't we for competitive but I think there's there's two things really. The first thing is, and I'm sure I imagine he understands this, is you're speaking to very different audiences. Yeah. So although there will be a crossover and there's probably people listening to this who love both channels and kind of rightly so, but his audience typically or his content is steering towards an audience that are very, um, well, love, I don't want to say love golf because our audience love golf, but like the, the, the more detailed, the very kind of serious and it's it's a lot more longer form videos. There's a lot more kind of in jokes and 
your videos are aimed at a wider. I I almost think our videos are aimed at people. So when the when um, the tennis is on, the Wimbledon's on, and that month after everyone the goes Wimbledon. out the Wimbledon tournament, <laughs> that tournament in Wimbledon, um, where that month after every man and his dog goes out and buys a tennis racket from Sports Direct because they've got a bit inspired and then watch a few videos. That's sometimes who we're speaking to in a golf sense, aren't we? So it's people that kind yeah. of like golf a bit. Um, I just and think, hardcore golfers as well. I just think we cracked YouTube yeah. more. I think we became YouTubers rather yeah. than a golf pro yeah, to make yeah. videos. And, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber that's a golf pro, where he's a golf pro that happens to just yeah. make his videos on YouTube. Well, if, if you watch some of his videos, and I still do keep an eye on them, they, they are very, he's a very knowledgeable bloke, but you would not sit through one of his videos if you are literally been the driving range twice. No. Just, and that's, he knows that as well. That's fine, because he wouldn't be talking about dynamic loft and about strokes gained if you're yeah. trying to target that person. Whereas our videos, where you're playing golf with tall Paul who's seven foot seven smashing it or something like that, or a young seven-year-old kid, that can be watched by anybody, which is reflected in the viewing figures. I, I think I think there's enough room for for lots of creators. Correct. I'm not sure he thinks the same. Well, this is the one coming on to now. This is where he's, he's kind of stung himself a little bit because we've done a lot of videos. Uh, we kind of pioneered, if you like, these kind of gimmicky clubs because we found a market for it where people like watching clubs uh, reviews of golf clubs that are essentially gimmicks or illegal. And the views we've had off the back of it are phenomenal, ridiculous. And now off the back of that, we've had other creators kind of follow suit, which is fine because it's, it's, if you see something that's working in the industry you're in, you're going to kind of copy. He then had this bit of a dig about um, playing golf with a smoked salmon, which is essentially saying that people are watching <laughs> videos that are stupid. But our audience enjoys it. Hence why they often get on the trending page on YouTube. They sometimes get in the millions of views. The like to dislike ratio is 98%. He, his audience wouldn't watch that, but that's fine because it, yeah. his, it's different, isn't it? There's plenty of room for lots of different creators. I've always been a big fan of collaborating with other creators. I've, you know, if you look across the channel, I mean, even just look at our group of friends, like you, Matt, Pete, Carter, um, like Liam Golfmates, I give loads of advice to. Um, I'm trying to think of other SAS. people. Like SAS. Like, and, and, like you just look at the YouTube Golf Day. Yeah, like, that was class. How many people came to that day? And uh, the whole idea was to unite YouTubers together to show the 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 actual mainstream media that look at what these YouTubers can do. They can put on this amazing day and get millions of views. And, that, and the plan was to bring everyone involved. Unfortunately, again, he just wanted to separate himself from that. And I'm not sure why. Um, I, I do think there is beef. I, d- I think it's lasted for a long time. I don't think it's ever going to go away, personally, if I'm honest. I don't know how it would go away. I'm not asked about making videos with him anymore. I don't want to make videos with him, I've got to be honest. Mm. Um, I'd actually quite like him as a guest on the podcast. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come um, on down. <laughs> but I think, like, we do make different style of videos, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Yeah. There's enough people, and that's okay. I know what lane I sit in. I know what content I like to make. It works on YouTube without question. Yeah, and I know it doesn't. It's not suited to absolutely everybody, but as a wide range, the 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 variety is vast. Mm-hmm. Where maybe his style isn't as much, and he's all right with that. Well, that was really good. So uh, we'll see Matt this time next year, shall we? The yeah. second birthday. Do you like him, Matt? <laughs> I just don't want to come out as the bad guy. Yeah, I, do like, I mean, I do, I, like... I do watch some of his stuff. It's interesting for the golfer, but I agree with what you're saying there. It is very particular to your, you sort of your, your nerdy golfer, as it were. You know, someone who really likes to get down and deep into the detail. Um, 
and likes, you know, knowing about shafts and understanding, you know, the play and yeah, all that. loads, loads of different things as well. You know, from your guys' standpoint, it is very mass market, isn't it? And which is great. It, it, there's no one, you know, you didn't sign a contract when you got onto YouTube to say, oh, you're in golf, right? That is all yeah. you can do. And you <laughs> can only, uh, you know, get golfers to watch your stuff. If it's that you've got 10 more people into golf, 100, um, or you've kept, you know, you've educated someone who, who likes that deep stuff, just do what you do and keep doing it. And, you know, if, there's, like you say, there's more than enough space. You look at like, imagine if there was like the makeup art, how many of them mm. are on YouTube? If everyone had a bit of beef because a, a new makeup artist came about the scene. So what? There's, you know, there's, yeah. it's the internet's endless. Just I think you make right. content, be happy. And I, th- I think, although like you said, there is beef, it, it, it's not what people probably think. There's not like a, something that's happened as such where you two have had a... Wasn't a, there that fighting? <laughs> it's not like there's been something where you just not friends and it's really exciting it's just the fact that i don't think he massively likes what we do for for some reason and i don't know it's just kind of like you said it's just i think also as well i know it's good to collaborate with the people like so the youtube golf day is amazing just because the two blokes both make golf content doesn't mean you ever have to collaborate no. like why would you like and again 100 percent back in the day i would have done like, I remember seeing him collaborating with like me and my golf and, and we he's done collaborations with other people he just yeah. never would do one with me. So it's like, you know, whatever. I've got my, I've got my little click. We're doing all right for ourselves. Yeah. So the plan is for you to overtake him next, Matt. That's our next mission. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. I'm just fueling this yeah. bloody fire. Right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you get this far, you've got some beef. You've got some exclusive. Uh, thanks, Matt, for being on the show. Pleasure. You're actually quite good. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. When guys, when guys suggested it, I was like, oh, I'm not, not sure about not that. Not that idiot again. I'm not sure about him. Does he talk? <laughs> But no, you did well. Congratulations on your soon-to-be 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, I think everyone should go. If you don't already subscribe to Matt, just go and do it now and get into 100k. Once he's gone past Please. 100k, you can unsubscribe again. But just yeah. getting past that 100k, yeah. for, it'd be so funny. If, imagine if you got 100k, you got your plaque, everyone subscribe, unsubscribed. Got my plaque, I don't <laughs> you got, care. You've got your plaque <laughs> yeah. again. Dumb. Um, thank you. Anything, thank you. Anything you want to plug? No. Anything you want to ask me? No. Anything you want to ask Guy? Why do you only like Mark Crossfield? <laughs> Got to that. Um, no, thanks for Next that. Me, it's been great. Why do you not like Pete Finch? Well, that's Ooh, next, week's that. Yeah, that's next week. Next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> and we shall see you all very, very soon. <laughs>